Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. You really adopted the dark. I was born in it. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bazinga. Two in the box. Ready to go. We be fast and baby slow. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And we're recording. Welcome to the Mount Geek Bar Podcast, your favorite podcast where we talk, argue, debate about your favorite top four Mount Rushmore, if you will, of your favorite pop culture subjects. Uh, today's pop culture subject is, of course, uh, superheroes that uh, do not have a movie, and uh, we would like to see a movie of them. I am Nary Science. With me, as usual, is Dave, uh, Daniel DeBona. Hello. Howdy, y'all. And we got David Uyoa. Howdy. And today, I think this is the first time. Is this the first time? For Geekmore? First time with you. Yeah. First time with you. With me. Okay. So, uh, welcome back, I guess, uh, to the podcast-ish from <laughs> Better Let Me Tell You, from the Better Let Me Tell You podcast-ish. Uh, round of applause. Ish, <laughs> uh, you've done that. You, you did Geekmore before? What, what What did you do before? I think, I know I did it with, I know Dave, you were, you yeah. were me and TJ. I think it was holiday movies. Okay. Oh, was was it like a? My choices was Christmas Carol, but must have been a holiday movie. Okay, all right. Uh, I think that was one of the ones that uh, that, that we revisited. All right. Uh, well, welcome. Like uh, welcome back. Uh, so yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and be talking about movies uh, that we want to see our uh, superheroes that we want to see have their own movie. Uh, their own movie being very specific. That's a very thing. Like they need to be the star of this movie. Uh, with that said, how did you guys make your selections? We're gonna start with you, Dave. Uh, so I was very restrictive with myself because. Uh, being a longtime comic book reader, there are so many heroes uh, and anti-heroes and villains that I would love to see uh, you know, take the spotlight in a film. So I decided that uh, my choices had to be comic book characters that had never appeared uh, in, in a live-action feature film. And um, I did not choose any teams. Uh, so uh, I think so maybe said, on my you said teams, no teams. Oh, for a no second it sounded like it sounded and, like you said and, teens, and, like teenagers. I'm like, what? No okay. teams. Okay, teams. okay. Teams. all right, right. No. all right. Uh, and uh, actually, in my in my honorable mentions, no one has ever appeared in a film, uh, and and it's not a team either. So uh, some of these are sort of deep cuts. Some of them uh, on my honor on my. Uh, proper list there's one from uh every major i think uh you know comic book imprint uh so there's there's a nice selection all right right on man uh uh we go daniel how'd you make your selection uh so i did kind of the same thing i stuck with i stuck with heroes uh specifically and uh no teams and that had not been portrayed on the big screen as of yet. That kind of helped me narrow down. I thought about kind of going with different imprints, and then as as it just became the ones that I really, really wanted, it 
there I'm, I'm I'm actually almost 75% one imprint here, depending on how you look at it. So that didn't really play out, but I thought about the potential for them becoming franchises for some of the people I thought about how they would fit into the universes that exist already. Uh, there was one really was going to make my, but honestly, I think they would make a better TV show. So I bumped them down to honorable mentions and, I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm kind of with Dave. I feel like I've got a couple of deep cuts and then one really obvious one. Okay. Ish, how did you make your selection, Ish? So, I mean, I think it's like a hybrid of what, of what these guys are already saying. Um, I I went first and foremost with, okay, who do I love and then work my way back, whether or not they've had a movie. I did go the team route for one selection, one honorable mention, and it's not really a team, but kind of, sort of. Like, I, I worked a team into one of my selections as a backdoor, like, expansion into what could potentially become a franchise and things like that. Um, I don't know. If, well, actually, I really stuck to three publishers. I'm literally looking at my list right now. But it, they're not necessarily, I think with the exception of my number one, the others are not obvious, necessarily. To the, I mean, outside of this, you know, I mean, we've all been to Comic Con together. This, you know, this nerdery that is here will probably be like, of course. But you know. <laughs> all right, that's great. Uh, weird that you went the uh, choice for the backdoor route. That's weird. Um, I uh... <laughs> so, well, you gotta go with what you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, I pretty much I look, man. Uh, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I used to be this, I, and I still am, to a, to a large extent. I'm like, hey, I like both of the major publishing houses, and I'm a fan of both, and that's true. Uh, but for recent years, I've been leaning more towards one more so than the other. And uh, this whole list is just one publishing house. So I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't give a <laughs> shit. And I, you know, I'm not even apologizing about it. Yeah, I'm not apologizing about it. Uh, for the most part, the, the selections that I have made, to my knowledge, they have not even been on TV which is another restriction that I made because technically this topic is about their own movie it didn't say anything about not appearing on TV anywhere uh, so right. I went with the route of I, no I they haven't even been on TV uh, live action obviously cartoons animated as a whole you, you're never going to be able to pick something yeah. if, it's, if you eliminate animated but to my knowledge if that's wrong if later on I make a selection and be like no he was actually in the TV show in 1974 I'm going to be like I don't give a fuck that doesn't count <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, uh, but to my knowledge, why, why are you why, why are you singling me out there? I was just say that was that was a pretty direct call out. <laughs> just saying, I, you don't understand. Uh, but uh, it was a German film that went uh, straight to snuff. Hold on, give me a second. That's cool, Mama. And now, Mama, I'm, I'm ordering. Uh, oh, Love you. Love you, Damn, but I'm uh, that's like ADHD at its finest. That's the definition of ADHD. If they look that up, you see my daughter's face like, hey. But she's not looking at the camera. She's like looking up like, what's going on? Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, with that said, that's one of the restrictions I made for myself is uh, is they, they can't be even on TV. They can't have been even on TV, again, to my knowledge. So let's get this going. With the fourth pick. Number four. Round four. I'm in no mood for your wife's crap. Let's get it on. All right, Dave, starting from uh, clockwise from my screen, we're going to start with you, David. Uh, what's your number four selection? Uh, my number four 
is uh, the one Marvel Comics character on my list, and it is uh, Richard Ryder, Nova. Nice. Uh, honorable, uh, honorable mention, and just barely got edged out by one for me. All right. Yeah, he's uh, he is such a great character. Um, obviously, uh, we're familiar with the Nova Corps from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Uh, they are, uh, I guess, for for the for the DC you know fans out there, they're the equivalent of the Green Lantern Corps. They are the space cops of of Marvel. Uh, but Richard Ryder is a particularly heroic character. Uh, he's just he's he's oftentimes depicted as as kind of like the the Jesus Christ figure in in Marvel comics like to to the degree that during the annihilation storyline he's he's the guy who sacrifices himself he throws himself into the negative zone to close up the portal and uh, and save the entire multiverse that, so, so he like threw, he, wait, wait, so he threw himself into Twitter just like that just like just going into Twitter <laughs> <laughs> threw himself into Twitter like ah yep, and then, that's it that's it <laughs> and he disintegrated in sad sad comments <laughs> he's uh he's as as like himself he's uh he's like a, like a very down to earth guy like he's he's not a particularly uh you know pretentious in your face flashy pretentious guy right he's not like how Jordan is or Captain and, America in the Green Lantern um, Al was a fire pilot. Right. Uh, I'm just going to skip over Nary's the uh, mastery here. Um, <laughs> Captain America is so not he's, pretentious. He's not pretentious. Okay, okay, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> let me let me let me just have a drink here. Glug 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 glug. <laughs> um, so I, I I think that he uh, along with the cast of characters that go along with the cosmic side of Marvel would make for a great film but also a great film franchise like you have so much that you can explore there uh you can bring the guardians of the galaxy into it if, if this were part of the mcu uh you know it's it, something that i think they haven't really explored the cosmic side as much as uh as they can you know with, with the exception of guardians of the galaxy we really haven't gotten much you know, there's there's Thor and there's Asgard, but you know, it, Thor always ties into what's going on on Earth on Midgard. So it would be great to see some of that stuff. And uh, so, so Richard Ryder, Nova, I I like that pick a lot. I, I actually there was a long time where I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have I'm not, not only am I gonna have Richard Ryder, but I know Dave's gonna have them too. <laughs> but um, my favorite thing about the idea of Richard Ryder is you can go two ways with it. You could do um, a Nova Corps movie, or you could use it to kind of do a New Warriors movie, and, right. and you could do Richard Ryder on Earth. Um, you know, you could add Night Thrasher and Speedball and some stuff like that if you really wanted to. Um, New Warriors was one of the reasons that I actually made a no group rule because I really want a New Warriors movie. But um, you but can yeah, make no, the I, new warriors kind of like the Goonies, you know, and have them like just learning their powers, and and have really more be about a coming of age story. And I think it would be fantastic. And I, I, I like I said, I like that pick a lot. And honestly, even just outside the Richard Ryder pick, there's 
a decent amount of potential for a Sam Alexander pick. Um, oh, he's, he's so good. If you if you wanted to do a Nova pick and have him partner up with Tom Holland, and that would probably be incredible if you if you cast uh, Sam Alexander well. But yeah, no, I think the Nova pick is great, man. I, I like it a lot. I think uh, I think Asa Butterfield would be a great Sam Alexander. Sam Alexander is the the, the latest Nova, right? The right. Yeah, the, the black he's, helmet one. He's Hispanic, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. His mom is uh, is Hispanic. Okay, yeah, there we go. But yeah, no. Marvel's long tradition of only half minority. <laughs> yeah, kind, of, kind of a minority. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Morales yeah. on one side. Well, but he's like both halves of him are minorities, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, but somehow, somehow the Spanish, somehow I didn't catch on. Somehow... Living in the Bronx, the, no, nah, not a lot of Spanish speaking for Miles Morales. Uh, cinematically, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, uh, that's a great pick, man. The uh, uh, what do you got? Thank you. What's your number four? Uh, for my number four, um, uh, like I said, I decided to go with one that I honestly, I just think that this could make a really visually stunning movie. I think that if done well, it could be a whole lot of fun. Uh, the character created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in 1965, and it is Kazar of the Savage Land. Oh, I love that part. Um, Damn, that's a deep cut. I think, that, I think that if done well, you could make this amazing Marvel Universe Tarzan movie with Kazar, and it could be gorgeous, and it could be a lot of fun. Kazar is just a very exciting character for anybody who doesn't know. Um, like I said, he's essentially Tarzan. He's this super rich kid, uh, super rich guy from London whose parents are killed. He ends up kind of orphaned in the savage land. He gets raised by a mythical, magical saber-toothed tiger named Zabu. And uh, he just kind of becomes the de facto defender of the savage land. He's a guy who's had his own title at times, shows up a lot in X-Men, and right. they'll, they'll always kind of throw him into summer events like to be like, let's check in with Kazar and see how this is affecting the Savage Land. But there have been some really great storylines that have been told. His brother being the plunderer and some stuff like that have really led to some amazing Kazar storylines. Uh, by introducing the Savage Land, you you open up just a whole new world of stuff. The Savage Land has got dinosaurs, for anybody who may not know that. So one thing I looked at as I was making these picks is, okay, so where do you go if, you, if this were to take off? And with Kazar, you have the options of adding Shanna the She-Devil. You have right. the options of adding Devil Dinosaur. This is very much something that could be conducive to the Marvel Universe while still allowing itself to just grow and be awesome in what it is because it's so far away from everything. You can tell Kazar stories in a way that has very little, if any, effect on everything else that's going on, kind of like they started off doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Nothing that happened in Guardians of the Galaxy really mattered to Earth because they were so far away. Even though the Savage Land is on Earth, it's not near New York and San Francisco, so you can make a Kazar movie you can do, you can, you know, cast somebody really athletic. We all know Marvel's got an affinity for dudes with their shirts off. I'm here for it. Kazar doesn't own any shirts. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's a really fun character. I think there's a lot to be explored there. 
And like I said, you go through the history of Kazar and he's interacted with everybody. They've, they've introduced him in some of the cartoons and things like that. I think Kevin Sorbo even voiced him one time on something, which Kevin he's Sorbo, cool, he pretty Kevin, much is Kazar. I was about to say, <laughs> Kevin Sorbo yeah. in his prime would be like the best casting of Kazar. But it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot to it. It's real easy to introduce him. It would be easy to kind of do a short origin story that it just ends with him kind of becoming the defender of the Savage Land. I think it's one where people would really enjoy it, even though it's not a name that maybe your typical non-comic book fan knows or is even run across. But I think it's one that could definitely take off, and I honestly just think it could be a ton of fun. Actually, I think it could even be an interesting... I mean, we're talking about setting up the hero for their own movie, but it could be an interesting setting for an X-Men movie because so many right. stories mm-hmm. take place in the Savage Land. And, I mean, you can almost introduce it that way, you know, and then... Ooh, the Zac Efron could play Kazar. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I was I was actually thinking of... Uh, the. I don't know how old he is now, but I think he's right around my age. So he might be a little on the older side, but the guy who played Aquaman in Smallville, if he's still, if he's still in the shape that he was in back when he was Aquaman in Smallville. He's playing Hawk on DCU's uh, Titan series. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. See, I I don't have the DCU, so I didn't know that he was on there, but um, that was, like I said, I had started fan casting when I was killing time before this. And that was one guy I kind of came back to, but like I said, that it could, it, I think it would just be a fun one. I think that that's one where they could really go wild with it and not be like, well, or, you know, because everybody's, well, why didn't Iron Man and then so and so just goes, well, not Iron Man now, but you know, why didn't it the Avengers just go stop everything? And it's like, well, they don't even know the Savage Land exists, so we'll get there eventually. That's cool. All right, all right, ish. What Love do we got? Time. Number four. So I went a little more under the radar for my fourth. Um, more go with- under the radar than Kazar. <laughs> wow. You know what? True. I, this might wow. be slightly higher on the radar wow. than Kazar. All right. Um, <laughs> I went with uh, it's an image comic uh, created by Robert Kirkman, uh, Invincible. Oh, great. Honorable mention. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. If you, well, actually, I'm looking at your faces. I know you're familiar with it. Um, so, in a nutshell, it's the story of a kid who grows up with a superhero father, regular mother, and turns out he's got superpowers as well. He becomes a hero. Eventually finding out plot twists, and I mean, the series has been over for a while now, and the twist was about like 10 years ago, so yeah. Spoiler alert, or you know, whatever. His father turns out was sent ahead of an alien invasion to, you know, take over Earth, and he's been gaining the planet's trust, and just, and so there's just all this space drama, family drama, teen drama, because he's in high school, and then I remember, I think his girlfriend also has superpowers, or, yep. you know, and so it's just, it's almost like tailor made for just every single, and this is where I put my marketing hat on, right? For every freaking demographic. Cause it's just like, you've got the summer blockbuster of it all, but you can have the romance angle. You can have the young kids, you know, you have the family element of it. Um, and not to mention it's Robert Kirkman. So he created the walking dead. So everybody's going to die is what you're saying. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> dies. <laughs> Well, did I forget to mention that his father, Omni-Man, was a zombie. That's, yes. that's exactly <laughs> agent, just zombie. Shout but out to I his just, dad yeah. for being a zombie and still fucking a chick. <laughs> Damn, that's baller, dude. <laughs> Her standards are very low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. But um, I think it, I know it ran for over a hundred issues. So there's definitely a lot yeah. of source material. But what I also liked about it is the fact that since it does have an ending, it doesn't seem like something that, oh, we're just going to go on forever. Like, especially now when, you know, you're casting, you want to cast somebody young to carry a franchise, but then it gets old. Well, this has a beginning, middle, and end where he's not just perpetually, you know, 12 years old. Like, eventually mm-hmm. Spider-Man has to be recast because Spidey's old in school. So it, it could lend itself to that, too. I thought it could be an interesting, you know, you've got the space element of it, you've got superheroics. It kind of feeds into a lot of different uh, potential genres. And despite great. all that, very grounded. Yeah, like it's 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 got a, a time. It's got a Spider-Man feel to it, like in, yeah. in how old he is and kind of how he lives his life, and he's trying to do the whole thing. Which is one place where I think that it picks up and being uh, being very lending itself well to something that's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Scenario. Uh. Great pick. Uh, Image Comics, man, I, I remember when it first came out and I was like trying to buy all of them. And then uh, eventually, like two or three months into their first run, they just, they would, their runs would be delayed so much that I'd be like, ah, I, I'm not collecting this. Shit. Like it just had that problem. <laughs> um, I remember. Uh, it got so many amazing names tied to the beginning of Image Comics, too. That's, that's just, just incredible. Like when you go back and you look and you've got McFarlane and Lee and Capullo and. Silvestri. Silvestri. Oh, man. Mark yeah. Silvestri was there I, at the I, beginning. Personally, he's, he's my favorite of that bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually trying to think. I mean, I know, well, obviously Jim Lee is, you know, head of DC Comics now. But other than that, I can't think of anybody who's still really involved in the, in the industry. Uh, uh, yeah. McFarlane, I think, might be the only guy. But even him, it's like toys, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he kind of ramped up Spawn a couple years ago, but... Um, Oh, but you know what? They did have Rob Liefeld, and yeah, I, I know. I, I was, I was just not, I was just not going to mention that name. There was, was another one. I, I'm trying to. Eric Larson is the one I was trying to That's think of. Right. Yeah, can't get into his art. But uh, Will Sportacio, <laughs> Will Sportacio is a great artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just uh, yeah, the beginning of Image Comics. Not uh, my number four is uh, again. Once I mention who they're going to be, you are going to know the publishing house that I'm sticking to. Uh, so it's not going to be a secret. Uh, but my number four is Batman. Oh, they've already made a movie of him, have they? Oh, I didn't. I didn't realize it made. I, I seem it, to recall one. Was Was there only one? Oh no, twenty seven. Twenty seven. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one was good. This one was good. That one was good. I'm in here left. Nice twenty two. Fucking eight. Uh, so, uh, no. Look, uh, my my number four, uh, and I'll tell you after when we get to honorable mentions, I'll tell you what bumped my number four to now get to my number four, but. My number four is uh, Zantana. Uh, I think is a, uh, Zantana's a great pick. I oh, think, wait, can I actually can I table? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, did not see that one coming. Uh, that's what he said. Uh, all right. So we have number four. Uh, it's you know it's funny because the reason I kept talking is because I was like, well, nobody else has picked one that's semi popular, and Zantana's popular. It's pretty fucking popular. Yeah. Uh, and, I was like, yeah. and I'm like, all right, well, like, everybody else is picking under the radar shit. I'm totally going to find picking a popular pick. But no, <laughs> no, no, I was not. Um, all right. So for number fours, we had um, Nova, Kazar, 
uh, Invincible, and Zantana. So let's move on to number three. Round three. Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. All right. Number three. Dave, what do we got for number three, bro? All right. So my number three is um, uh, it's, it's probably a close call between it and my number two. But my number three is most likely the deepest cut on my list. And uh, he's a hero from the uh, uh, 2000 AD comic imprint uh, over in a good old uh, jolly old England. Uh, And it's Johnny Alpha from the Strontium Dog comics. Mm, And that is not easy to do when it comes to comics. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. No, dude, you got me too. Johnny who? Okay. So, Johnny Alpha. Alpha. Being conocido. And actually, I. Yes. Oh, I know. This this is a very deep cut. And I I figured that was going to happen. So, I picked picked this out because I've got got a trade paperback here that uh, the viewers, uh, listeners can't see, but I'm showing these guys of uh, his first uh, maybe like three years. Of, of mission. So Johnny Alpha is just about the coolest fucking. Well, I can't say that anymore because <laughs> the Mandalorian exists, but he's just about the coolest fucking bounty hunter that you can think of. All right. Uh, uh, so the have whole- you heard of my friend Dog? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Plus, look, I, I don't know who Johnny Alpha is. I don't know who Johnny Alpha is, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say dog's wife, bigger titty. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Queen. Well, not more she dead, but. <laughs> uh, so he's, um, he's from, he's from the future, right? This takes place. Um, um, I think it's in the 23rd or 24th century. Uh, so we're talking about, you know, many hundreds of years in the future. This is, even though it's taking place in the same universe as Judge Dredd, it's, uh, well after the Judge Dredd stories take place. Um, and he's a bounty hunter. And these uh, these bounty hunters at this time are called Strontium Dots. And uh, they hunt down any any number of, uh, of, of villains all across the galaxy, right? Uh, but he has a um, he has a mutation, right? And so mutants at this time, uh, their mutations can either be what a probably closer to real life mutation is and leave them uh, like severely deformed, or you can have something that is just a slight deformity but gives you some sort of superpower similar to the X Men, and so that's what he has. Uh, where he has x-ray vision, uh, but this x-ray vision allows him to hear your thoughts. And so he kind of focuses this with this helmet that he wears that's got a crystal right up front. But that's not even the coolest thing about him, because the coolest thing about him is the fact that um, he travels with a time-displaced Viking called Wolfgar, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this is and, writing itself. <laughs> I've got questions. And and an alien that looks like he could have come from the Jim Henson Muppet Lab, who's got four hearts, right? Um, who's who's the most sympathetic alien? Like he just he never wants harm to come to anyone, of right? He's got four hearts, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then even cooler than that, 
is Johnny Alpha's uh, like gadgetry because this being in the future, they've got all sorts of like really amazing um, like tech at their disposal. So he has uh, a wristlet that basically lets him do what uh, if you played uh, Sands of Time, the Prince of Persia game, uh, it, it allowed you to do, which is rewind the last couple seconds and play him over again. So on a number of occasions, he'll find his target and he'll go to interrogate him and it turns violent, right? And he's like, uh, nah, let's play this out again. And so he just rewinds a couple seconds, walks back into the room and shoots the guy before he has a <laughs> chance to do anything. Uh, and then the coolest weapon in his arsenal is a time grenade. You throw it at your opponent and the guy gets basically transported through time, but not space, X number of hours, right? Now, here's the thing. If you're on a planet, that planet is moving, right? Because it is orbiting its star. And uh, so wherever, whenever that guy reappears, he reappears into the vacuum of space and dies. Seems like there might be an easier way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a cooler way to do that? <laughs> and and that's that's kind of what, what the Strontium Dog comics are, is it's just, it's Judge Dredd level absurdity, but with a little bit more of a sense of humor. It's okay. a bold and move, Colin. Let's see if it works out. Uh, and i i personally love it uh it was created by the same guys who created judge dread um uh wagner and and escara so uh, you have that same sense of storytelling the same like scope where it's the late 70s is when it originated uh made his first appearance in 78 there you go i'm saying yeah he started in a magazine called Starlog and then went from there um, very quickly. Only his first story arc was in Starlog. And then he, uh, after they went out of business, uh, it was taken over by 2000 AD. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it's a very 2000 AD. I really wanted to put a 2000 AD character, and I didn't know whether to put him or uh, Rogue Trooper. Uh, but I think a, many more people are aware of who Rogue Trooper is. Uh, I mean, he's got a video game, you know, so not, not very, anybody, you don't, you don't, not anybody nope. in this chat. Nope. Uh, okay. <laughs> he so, uh, either, <laughs> either way, I, I think, I think Johnny Alpha is, is the better pick. Um, and he's just, he's so weird. Him and, and Wolfgar together are just, they're, they are like a buddy cop duo made in like space buddy cop duo heaven. How does a Viking get time displaced? <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I don't fucking remember. I read a lot of this when I was in college, and I don't remember a lot of college. <laughs> Dave doesn't I, remember uh, last week. He's going to remember college. <laughs> I, uh, I I reread the first story arc. Uh, I think it was like two weeks ago when we, uh, when we first uh, started discussing doing this, and it, it holds up really well. It holds up really, really well. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm sure it does, buddy. Uh, Debona, what do you got for your number three? My number three is a guy who uh, was first introduced in 1998, created by Warren Ellis, 
Um, absolutely. I think one of the coolest guys out there, uh, just doing the damn thing. And it's the Midnighter. Uh, the Midnighter made his debut on Wildstorm, which is now a DC imprint, but uh, at the time was not. And he was started off with Stormwatch. He moved to the Authority. He is essentially, uh, in Warren Ellis's own words, he's the shadow if John Woo made a shadow movie. Uh, he's a great detective. He's super violent and loves that about himself. Um, he he's very does has no qualms about killing. He doesn't. He, I, he's still not an antihero though because he just I don't know maybe because he kills you might use the word antihero, but that's kind of the way that Wildstorm and Stormwatch and a bunch of that mm-hmm. stuff went. Just uh, an unbelievable character. He has he's a human, but he has a bunch of uh, enhanced physical tri- um, uh, tribute. Uh, attributes is what I'm trying to say because of different things that he has built into his body. Like he has a second heart and uh, he's got a computerized, almost neural network. One of the coolest things about the Midnighter is the fact that that it was a very big thing throughout the course of the authority and Stormwatch, where he would look at at a, at a fight or a battle that was about to take place. And he could tell you how it was going to play out. And they, they would refer to it. They said he had like a combat computer in his head and he would anticipate oh, like everything Holmes? that was going to, yes, kind of like <laughs> how the Sherlock Holmes things played out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he would anticipate, okay, I'm going to do this. They're going to do that. He's going to do this. It like, he would play it out like an entire chess game in his head before the fight even took place. He's been a part of some, uh, some, a, a lot of different storylines. He doesn't even necessarily have an alias. They think his name is Lucas Trent, but they're not 100% sure. He's been a government agent. He is, like I said, he's been part of Stormwatch. He's been part of the Authority. At some point in the early 2000s, I believe he had his own series shortly. And uh, just just an incredible character who's very funny, very sarcastic, uh, just sadistic and violent, you know, just uh, enough that it would definitely need to be a rated R movie. And um, also like a character who is openly gay with another, with another um, hero in the same group named Apollo. But what's always intrigued me is their relationship has always felt very real. It, it never felt like they were making it strained for the, just for the storylines of making it strained. They weren't making it, super good just to be like hey look we've got a gay character and and they're uh, two gay characters and their love is awesome and nothing ever goes wrong they had a very realistic feeling relationship which gay or straight just doesn't seem to happen much everything is so many tropes and midnighter and apollo actually had what just felt like a genuine relationship which i think could also play out very well and you know even if you just introduce apollo in this movie uh, whether or not they're a couple, but he's, he's a very interesting character who's, like I said, very funny, very violent. I, I think it lends itself well to the current DC universe and, and the ways that they do things right now, which is they wanted to not connect at all, huh? <laughs> not connected at all. <laughs> <laughs> but just it lends itself well to being this dark story about this vigilante guy and 
I think that it could be a lot of fun. I, I think that they would, you know, if, if you could get Warren Ellis on board for it, that would be incredible. But just a lot of great things that have happened. One time he went back through time to kill Hitler with a, 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 like a, a bomb that was attached to his second heart. They do all sorts of really weird and bizarre things. He's got super speed. He's been pictured as having super speed at times because of all his enhancements. A lot of fun with this character and I think that it could be a great dark movie that's deserving of being a very dark movie whereas sometimes the darkness is kind of forced on yeah it would have to be I mean, it, it couldn't even be a PG-13 like it's oh, no. an R and a hard R yes like, yeah it would be a hard R movie but a bad trailer yeah like, yeah. yeah but yeah. I definitely think there, there, there's a lot of great story to tell here uh, there's a lot that you can get done. Plus, it, like I said, in thinking in terms of how the movies keep going, you've got Apollo you can introduce. You've got these teams of Stormwatch and the Authority that you can introduce, which are uh, which allows you to introduce a whole bunch of other characters. And they're very much his franchise potential here centered around a very great character. <laughs> yeah, a great right. pick, man. Yeah, I, I never heard of that pick. Uh, but sounds great. Uh, never heard of him at all. I like the fact that I've never heard of any of the characters you guys have picked except for Nova. We started off with Nova, and I'm like, all right, I know that one. And then everybody else would be like, I don't, I don't know who the fuck that is. But this is great because that's what the whole point of this whole thing is to have movies that of characters that maybe we've never heard of. And then my list. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ish, what do we got? What do you got for number three, man? All right, so for number three, I'm going with a kind of, it could be considered a cheat. It could be considered low-hanging fruit. It is my team entry. I'm actually going to go with Marvel's Young Avengers. Okay. Okay. Man, if I were picking teams. (laughs) So good. So good. A lot worse than the Young Avengers. Yeah. For those who don't know, I mean, the name might say, you know, oh, well, it's the Avengers when they were kids. No. Um... It's basically the, to varying degrees, the sidekicks, although Marvel's not very big on sidekicks, but the legacy heroes, I think, is a better way of there you go. looking at it. Of a lot of the bigger name uh, superheroes, like Captain America, there's, what is it, Patriot? Patriot, it's Isaiah Bradley's grandson. Yeah. Right, so it's uh, Patriot, and you know, you've got uh, Wiccan, which is, and Speed. And Speed, which are the twins from Vision and, and Wanda, Scarlet Witch. You've got Hawkeye, who is—I mean, Kate Bishop is just basically like, "Hi, I know how to. I'm a debutante who knows how to use a bow and arrow, and I'm going to fight crime." And I'm like, "Okay, you look good in purple." Thatcher, um, <laughs> you just described is, uh, Hawkeye too. He's like, yeah, hey, I'm good with, exactly. I'm good with yeah. arrows. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, yeah. sure. I and mean, you could have picked a weapon that's more updated, but fuck it. Let's go ahead and choose some shit that's uh, been updated for the last 150 years. You gotta, go, you gotta go with what you know, man. <laughs> also, I think the bow and arrow, you can get through, like, more metal detectors. Huh? So, you know, it might work out. Uh, Thatcher is the daughter of Scott Lang. Kathy. And I feel like I'm missing someone. Uh, there's the, the younger version of Vision. Um, it's like, uh, it's like the, it's the vision software repurposed and then made to look younger, but, but sentient. Yeah. Sentient. And there's Miss America Chavez. And um, Mm -hmm. so it's, again, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, okay, it's young Avengers. So Avengers, you know, everybody knows you put Avengers in there. People will automatically at least look right. But then it's 
young heroes. There's a bunch of interpersonal stuff. There's uh, this other Captain Marvel or Marvel Boy. No, yeah, no. Marvel Boy. Marvel Novar? Boy. Is that? Is it Novar? Yeah. Everybody, everybody up in there is having sex with everybody because you got some gay characters, some bi characters, some non-binary. I mean, everybody's just putting it where it goes. But that's what happens when you got a bunch of twenty-somethings. I like yeah. the fact that I like the fact that you mentioned everybody except for straight people. You're like, eh, whatever. Like, you're like, just like <laughs> <laughs> gay, but, you know, you're like gay, bi, binary. Who's even straight anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so that's so pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the cool thing, you know, and, and so again, you get to play in the sandbox, right? In the same sandbox as the Marvel Universe, you can make those references. I don't know if maybe now with WandaVision coming out, they may make references to to the twins because I know it's basically her like going nutso, I guess, and and creating things. There's been rumors for a while now that there's Kate Bishop has been going to be showing up in in the Avengers movies. Uh, I think they actually introduced Cassie Lang in in, in the last Ant-Man movie, and I think and I think Kate Bishop is going to be in the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus. Right. So it may be happening, but I think it's an interesting thing because it's it's familiar, but it's new. Whereas by the time we met all these other heroes, yeah, we got origin stories, but they were adults. You know, Robert Downey Jr. was like what fifty by the time he started doing Iron Man, so. You never got that sense of like these people really have to set out and prove themselves and nobody's going to believe them. And it's a ragtag team. You know, by the time that the Avengers got together on screen, it was kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, you've got two secret agents, a nuclear scientist, uh, a Norse god, and a billionaire. Of course they're going to get together and fight crime. Yeah, it's kind of it's yeah. hard to be a ragtag team when you have a god on your team, when you have an actual god <laughs> yeah. on your team. Exactly. It's a ragtag team. Is it, though? Yeah. <laughs> it's about rags. But, and, you know, this, and it's a team that hasn't really been beaten into the ground yet. Actually, I think right now, uh, is it Hulkling? I don't even know if that's the name that, yep. that he can play anymore. Well, um, yeah, Hul- Hulkling was, uh, um, yeah, he was one of the, like, originals. Yeah, and it turns out he is the son of the, I want to say, the Kree and the, is it the Shi'ar that they're always the, fighting? Uh-huh, uh-huh the Korean, the Shi'ar, and now he's taken basically the throne and he's coming to invade Earth. So, again, a lot of things that are... Oh, uh, Kree, uh, scroll. Sorry, scroll. Scroll, he's a scroll, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of things that are just kind of like baked in that if this does become a franchise, you know, you can have him do a heel turn somewhere down the line Mm -hmm. and, you know, play that out. And it's not just like, well, we've got these characters that you've known forever and ever and ever. You pull them in with the familiarity, but then you twist it up. Plus, um, in the beginning, there was Iron Lad, who yeah. ended up being like uh, Kang the Conqueror, misplaced yeah. in time. Uh, it, it's one of the things that was always fascinating about the Young Avengers comic book was when, as as things it started in early two thousands, and as things progressed, there was so much diversity, like you were talking about that, and it never felt forced because they were kids and because you were watching them grow. It it these were characters that they could still mold in any way. And they did make it a very diverse team as opposed to just being like, Oh yeah, by the way, Iceman's gay now. And like, that's the thing. Like it was, it was easy to be like, okay, well yeah, they're, they're gay. They always have been. I mean, they've only been around for five years. Like we just didn't get around to telling you that part. They didn't really have a long issue run. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like three trade paperbacks, maybe at that. 
and, and yeah, if, if that, yeah. And they're still, you know, the characters are still kicking around, and there's still a lot of love for them. So their their stories, remember, were really shaped out of the fallout of Civil War, and, um, right. and uh, Avengers disassembled. Uh, oh, that was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, it was. They were they were a team where. They, Vision had been programmed with who they all were, and mm. so when he was destroyed during Avengers Disassembled, his AI went out and sought them out and brought them together because there were no Avengers anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, that's what I love about them so much is that you know they kind of like pull it together when the Avengers can't. Right. It might be you know for, for them now. When 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 when, when, the, when the boomers have fucking destroyed everything, <laughs> you know, we're gonna come in here and we're gonna make this shit better. Leave it to the young folk. <laughs> yeah, I'm still old. I'm not a boomer, but I'm I'm still old. I can't do shit. No oh, I'm still yeah yeah yeah. yeah uh, I'm the oldest of all four of us. So I, I think you are. I'm 38. So but you don't. But you don't look it. <laughs> I, I, ish, are you oh, older? Yo. Are you older than 38? Ish. I'm 40. Oh. I'll be 41 this year. Oh, yeah, I'll be 39 this year. That's right. Um, all right, so Young Avengers, which, by the way, I forgot to mention, when you mentioned Young Avengers, I understood that reference. Uh, hey! <laughs> yeah. There you suck in the game. All right. Um, my uh, number uh, three is uh nightman no i'm kidding um uh, number three Neri, Neri just got a list of like most <laughs> obscure dc characters on his, on his ipad right now from malibu comics did you did you hear did you know about did you ever watch the nightman tv show i think i may have seen one episode it was the absolute worst hot piece of garbage that there ever was made <laughs> and i'm that's yeah. saying that, a lot is that the guy with the giant cape that's the that does guy. All the stuff. He's a he has a he, no. He's a saxophone player and and uh, he's a he's a famous. He's a very popular saxophone player in San Francisco that gets struck by lightning while he's playing in a tro- in a trolley, right? And then when he gets struck by lightning, it causes him to have special powers, uh, which include being able to tie into some. It's like a radio like frequency where he could just like gets like radio frequency and uh, to quote the uh, Wikipedia page here. It says, uh, who is struck by lightning while playing inside a cable car. As a result, his brain gains radio-like properties, able to, quote, pick up certain mental frequencies. He's now tuned in on the, quote, frequency of evil, which enables him (laughs) to hear evil thoughts and doers wherever he goes. He wears a bulletproof bodysuit as well as anti-gravity belt that enables him to fly, uh, a cape of holographic camouflage style, and he's always driving around in his PT fucking cruiser. That's his car. <laughs> Just going to go ahead and put that out there, which I don't know what's okay. more ridiculous, the fact that there's a superhero driving around a PT cruiser or the fact that that superhero is in San Francisco, where well, we all know you don't need a fucking car in San Francisco. It's much easier to get public <laughs> See, transportation. only time... That's the only time in San Francisco history that anybody has ever gotten superpowers instead of gonorrhea by putting something in their mouth on a trolley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, Great that's pick, that is, no, that is not my pick. Uh, that's not my pick. <laughs> no, no, no. Go, go on on a high note, dude. Uh, <laughs> that is not my pick. So I was gonna save this guy for my number two, but because Dave brought up uh, who did he brought up Johnny Alpha. 
Uh, I will go tit for tat and say, you have a Bonnie Hunter, I have a Bonnie Hunter. So my number three oh. is my man Lobo. Uh, oh, very good pick. Anybody, pick. Does anybody have him? All right, good. No. no. All right, so Lobo is this intergalactic uh, uh, Bonnie Hunter who is uh, the last of his race. And he's a DC Comics property. Uh, what uh, he has super strength, and he has a bunch of shit. He's super fucking cool. He's a he's he's the the definition of an antihero. He don't give a fuck about killing, uh, but he does have a strict moral code. So he has a moral compass, but it's his moral compass. And if he decides that you deserve to die, then you are gonna die. Um, I love what the little that we've seen of him. Uh, my introduction to him was through Superman the Animated Series. That was my introduction to him. Oh, wow. Who the fuck is this? And then I, I would do more research on him and found out, man, this guy is great. Uh, I found out that uh, later on, I found out that the creators of Lobo, uh, and again, I'm not you guys. You guys have all these names all fucking locked and loaded. I'm like, nah, I don't know. Uh, but I found out that the. The what? I think it was Keith Giffen. One of the creators of Lobo? And Rob Liefeld, Ro- no? Ro- Roger Slifer, actually, who, who created the Omega oh. Men, also. Uh, <laughs> Which I love. Yeah. That's why I love that name. <laughs> yeah, yes. let's, let's not bring Liefeld into this shit. Um, so he... Uh, <laughs> he uh, um, I, I love the fact that they created him as a parody of two the super dark, edgy characters that Marvel was doing. And it did not work. The parody didn't work because he was immediately, from what Wikipedia says, immediately beloved by everybody. And it caught on like wildfire, which I think is hilarious. I think that's hilarious where they're like, oh, this is going to be so stupid. We're making fun of these idiots across the hall. And they're like, oh, man, that's great. You're doing that thing that the guys from across the hall are doing. You're like, no, what? Oh, fuck. And then it would just be giving this thing. Uh, but I love the fact that uh, that that he is who he is. Um, f- for a while there, there was a rumor that The Rock was going to play him uh, in a movie. And that would be great. I, I thought that would have been fantastic. It's not going to happen now because he's obviously going to play Black Adam. Um, I say obviously like it's a fucking like it's already yeah. happened. But um, so that's a thing. But uh, I don't know who I would cast. Zach Efron, I guess I would Zach for I would uh, I would cast for Lobo. Uh, but Lobo's a huge dude, man. Like by all, yeah. there's Did no. It, there's what? Yeah, oh, his, that uh, would be yeah, his, his death stroke fell through. What's the name yeah. of the guy who plays him on Krypton? I you know I haven't no. seen the show, man. I have I I didn't. I was uh, on cruise ships when Krypton was, t- and I didn't have access to uh, uh, Sci-Fi Channel. Big- the guy who plays him on Krypton is decent, but he's not as big as I feel like he should be. Yeah, I feel like this guy's got to be big. I feel like he's got to be like a Bautista kind of fucking big. Yeah. Like that there kind we of go. Big. I, was, I was actually going to yeah. suggest him, even though it's impossible with his Marvel contract. And does uh, does Lobo have a motorcycle? That uh, He has a motorcycle, yes. right? But is right. it pulled by dolphins? I don't remember no, that. No, but he, but he does have dolphins. But he has dolphins. Okay, <laughs> that's dolphins what it is. Where, right. where he lives or whatever, he has like space dolphins. There we go. I knew there were space dolphins. <laughs> but I, I just love this fucking character. He, uh, he drinks and smokes and does all this shit. He's like the, he's like the biker, uh, biker bounty hunter. He is renegade of space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, to casting him, to casting uh, renegade himself. Uh, what's his I forgot his name. Lorenzo Lamas. Yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to casting him. Um, <laughs> bit of a typecasting, I guess. 
California. Lorenzo Lamas is like 60, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's some people, dude, you know, fucking J-Lo's 50. Come on, I mean, people could do, you know, get in shape, sure. uh, says the fat guy on a microphone. Um, yeah, no, I, I uh, Lobo. Do, uh, do, do you guys remember back in the, uh, back in the 90s, Marvel and DC had a crossover event called Amalgam? Amalgam. They called it Amalgam Comics. Uh, Neri, I think you would get a real kick out of this because they crossed Lobo with Howard the Duck. They called it Lobo the Duck. And I do remember that. Absurd. I do. Remember, I remember seeing a picture of that. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's excellent. I, I I'll let it to you next time I head over there. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous. I do remember Malcolm. No, dude, that that's such like that was a pick where I thought of. I actually did think about Lobo, but then I was like, uh, is he a villain? Like, is he an antihero? And kind of. But and so I went with Midnighter as my really super violent pick. But man, that the <laughs> thing with the Lobo is if they could do it, maybe not with the level of absurdity that we get in uh, Deadpool, but like damn close. You got to bring it down a couple notches. Right? Yeah, like well, that's the thing. Lobo's be- supposed to be that level of like Deadpool crazy type of shit. Like right, that, like that. just it, it could it could be <laughs> so much fun. Like, like Lobo's not self-aware like Deadpool. No, he doesn't break the fourth wall. Lobo's no, not no, playing no. it up for anyone. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Deadpool plays it up for you. He wants to make sure that you, the reader or the viewer, is having a good time. Lobo's just being himself. Yeah. yeah. In some ways, he's even crazier. Yeah, I think, and you know, he's the last of. I think there's a whole thing you could play. You know, you could get a real deep story arc out of that. Out of that whole, he does. He's the last of his kind kind of deal. He's the last of his species, yeah. and I, 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 there's there's a lot for that. Uh, but I, well, I, I'm and like, and well, and like I was saying, there's it, there's a lot of potential there for um, an Omega Men team up if it were to do well, and you looked into doing sequels. And Omega Men has seen some amazing storylines, some toe to toes with the Green Lanterns, and some things like that over the years. So that it could it could lead to something very big and very cool. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, oh, you know who else would have been good? Uh, Momoa would have been good for this fucking role, but he can't now. But yeah, yeah. that would have been he would have been good yeah. for that role too. All he right, can so do both. <laughs> so you need another Jack Asian Pacific Islander. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, where we're going, right? Like, exactly. We're 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 running. <laughs> Isn't Reigns? Don't we have Reigns still? He's not attached. There we, to there we go. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. There we go. Problem solved. Uh, all right. So our number threes were Johnny Alpha, um, Midnighter, Young Avengers, and Lobo. Round two. Dose the sequel to Uno. All right. Uh, number two. David, please okay. let it be somebody I know. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> you're kidding. not you're not gonna know my number two either. <laughs> I I remember you um, saying I think my number three and two I think they're both deep cuts, but number two like I was like oh never mind then. Right. <laughs> so uh, my my number two, Beta Man is a. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, did I send you my list? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is a Dark Horse uh, comics character who has had surprisingly little published, but is my favorite hero comic book character of the last 20 years. Of any of the new heroes that have been put out, he is my favorite. Uh, and it's Black Beetle. Oh. 
Uh, anyone familiar with this guy? I'm, yeah. I know Blue Beetle. I don't know Black Beetle. Uh, right. So you, you know Blue Beetle. And actually, DC also has a Black Beetle. But this is not the DC Black Beetle. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one who like goes toe-to-toe with Booster Gold. No. No. Oh, no. then I don't know. <laughs> no. No, that's, that's why I, I made sure to say Dark Horse. So he's, he's a Dark Horse comics character. Um, now, someone who you might know is uh, a, a writer artist named uh, Francisco Francavilla. Mm-hmm. So, oh, from, uh, um, he's, uh, yeah, 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 he's done some detective comic stuff. Yes, he has. In fact, his like most famous detective comic story uh, was The Black Mirror with Dick Grayson as, as Batman. Yeah, it was, it was the last detective comic story before they rebooted for the New 52. So um, I, I read that story and I fell absolutely in love with his art. And so I started looking up everything this guy had. And he had a blog where um, every uh, one day of the week, I think it was like Saturdays or Sundays, he, uh, he called it Pulp Sunday or Pulp Saturday. And he would draw just like one page that he did throughout the, the whole week of this character, the Black Beetle. And his Black Beetle is a guy who wears uh, like black spandex, a black cape. He's got a black hood that goes um, like Batman style, like up to his nose. And then he's got these big red bulbous eyes, like a beetle would, right? Then he's got like a, like a scarab, a red scarab on his chest. And his only gadget is a ray gun that was taken from a, uh, the origins are a little unclear because he hasn't really cleared it up, but you seem to think that it's, um, German Nazi tech that he, uh, that he stole. And so, uh, there's, he published a little bit, you know, here and there, but finally he published the very first ongoing series, uh, which was only five issues, uh, back. in I think it was like 2011 or 2012. And I was all over that. And it was absolutely amazing. It took place in, the 1930s, uh, there was Jesus like a Christ. Nazi plot. Taylor there made was a for Nazi him. Plot. Taylor made yeah. for oh, David. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is perfect for me. It's got like a film noir art style. Uh, it's got like an Indiana Jones style, like adventure going on. It's got Wolfenstein style, uh, like advanced tech in the 1930s. This is like the perfect comic book story for me. And He's such a like fly by the seat of your pants Indiana Jones style hero that you can't help but like he he just endears himself to you you know and he gets the shit kicked out of him all the time you know so he's he's almost like a like a Captain Kirk who's you know just constantly landing in this alien prison you know and he's he's got to charm his way out of it you know by kissing the the, the green alien chick so. This is yeah. this is kind of what Black Beetle is in this like throwback '30s pulp style comic book. And if you're familiar with uh, Francisco Francavilla's art, like he's got a it's weird because it's almost minimalistic, but there's a very um, reality based minimalism to it. So like his proportions are perfect his shadowing is perfect like um there's there's a little bit of a throwback to like the the old um 
like Joel Schuster Superman comics and the way that he draws people's faces and but there's so much more detail. But the thing is that the detail is always just like out of focus. What was your question? What's his name again? I'm, I'm no. looking it up. Uh, Fra- uh, Fra- uh, Francesco Francavilla. Francesco. Yeah, Francesco he- Francavilla. Yeah, and I actually I, I figured that this was going to happen. So I I have here like this is uh, this is the cover to the hardcover. You know that's a really good example of his artwork there, where like there's not an awful lot going on. We, are, we also have computers at the palm of our hands, and I looked it up. So, I, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there, there, there you go. Um, this this story. If you're looking for something that's really different, but um, yeah, picture. there's there's nothing there. Nary. Oh, there it is. Okay. Uh, if you're looking for something that's different, but is also uh, an homage to those those pulpy comic books of the '30s, uh, the kind that were coming out right as Superman and and Batman and Captain America and these guys were first coming out uh, where they were taking on not like these world uh, ending threats like a like a dark side or 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 apocalypse or something like that. You know, uh, they are taking on, you know, Nazis. They're taking on uh, world type threats. Like exactly. You know, so it's uh, it's a really great throwback to that sort of stuff. The art is incredible. The, the The plotting is great. There's there's a really great twist that comes uh, in the third act, which is just fantastic. And it's a it's a great sort of, of mystery. You know, if if you enjoy playing Clue, you'll enjoy this. You know, if you enjoy reading detective novels, you'll enjoy this. Cool. All right. Uh, Black yeah. Beetle from Dark Horse. All right. Um, yeah. Daniel, hit me with number two. My number two is also from Wildstorm, uh, but does not exist in the DC universe. Uh, this is a character in a series that were created by a guy who I honest to God believe every single thing he's ever written should be turned into a movie or a TV show. I almost didn't put this because I think it could make a great TV show too, but I think for everything that happened, the movie universe is where it's better suited. My number two is Mitchell Hundred, also known as the Great Machine from Ex Machina, um, by uh, Brian K. Vaughn. What's what's, uh, what's the pick? I've I've never read this. Okay, so the the the, the comic is called Ex Machina. Um, the actual character's name is Mitchell Hundred, the Great Machine, um, but the comic is called Ex Machina. Um, Mitchell Hundred is a guy who he is an engineer, and then a explosive device of unknown origin goes off and it gives him the ability to communicate with any and all types of machines basically as long as it has moving parts but what's genius about it is he doesn't control them he literally communicates with them like they're sentient beings so he if a, if a criminal has a gun pointed at him he can't just be like no you don't shoot he has to be like hey you could not shoot me, and that would be awesome. And the gun then decides whether or not it's going to shoot him. Oh, that's um, really cool. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, he lives in a world where he is the only superhero, and this is not giving anything away because it's the very first thing that happens. But he gets elected as mayor of New York City. So he's mayor of New York City. He's the only superhero in his world. 
and he's uh, he's got this incredible ability to communicate with with machines. They they and like I said, they don't always do what he says. They straight up lie to him sometimes. <laughs> and he's got a he's got a rocket pack. He's got a look that's uh, that's almost rocketeer like, but he's got oh. like bug eyes. Dave like, was in behind that. Dave was in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in. You said <laughs> rocketeer. You, you yeah, got, he's, he's, Dave's hard. Dave is hard right yeah. now. He's he's got a chub. Um, <laughs> he's he's got a rocket pack, and uh, his it's it's one along the lines uh, like we were talking earlier with Invincible, where this is a story where the whole thing's told. So it's not something where they have to worry about catching up to the books and then trying to come up with something new. The entire story of Mitchell hundred is out there and exists. And, uh, like I said, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. The books were always really cool. Like the page, the, the art style on it was, was really, really good. It's, it's had a couple of different guys who have done the art. Uh, Jim Lee did it a little bit here and there, but it was mostly Tony Harris. And, uh, it, it was, it's a book that's a lot of fun to read because he's not in a superhero filled world. Uh, and, but he also, it's not like he has super strength. So kind of like you were talking about with the black beetle guy, mm-hmm. a lot of the problems that he comes up against, the villains that he fights, they feel real and they feel like something that, that might really happen. And that, that this version of earth is just fortunate to have him, uh, they, the storyline of him being mayor, while and everybody knows that he is the superhero and also mayor. They, they, they know who he is. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, they know exactly who he is. But um, th- there's a lot of really cool things that just happen. It's a great story to tell. Like I said, I Brian K. Vaughn is one of, if not my favorite comic book uh, writers ever. I love everything his, his he's Watching done. Saga is, is incredible. So good. Plus, I think, you know, ones that there's plenty that he's done that I think would make incredible TV shows like Why the Last Man and Saga. I, I think those are TV shows. So that's why, Brian, this is, that's why I went with this one because I think the scope of this one makes it a great movie because there are a lot of really solid stories to tell here where you can grab two trades and read through them and you can see one really good movie to be had in there. Um, I honestly do think outside of just the Rocketeer thing, Dave, I I think you would like this book a lot. It's very well written. It's an extremely fun book to read. And the the characters, just like anything else with Brian K. Vaughn, the characters are incredible. And if you could write them into a movie, this would be a superhero movie, not carried, not carried by the action, not carried by the giant act three fight sequences. This would very much be a movie carried by the characters if done well. And, and I think that that's where the fun comes in with doing an ex machina movie. It, so, it looks and sounds awesome, man. Oh, it's, 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 it's incredible. I, I love this. It's the, it's the second, it was the first non um, Marvel book that I read by Brian K. Vaughn when then I became obsessed with him. I fell in love with him reading Runaways and then uh, and then found uh, Ex Machina and it's just, it's incredible. Uh, you can usually find the first 100 days, uh, which is the first trade for super cheap at a comic book store. I highly recommend anybody pick it up. But I think this would be a great movie. I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. I think that it, I think that it would have a lot of appeal uh, for a lot of people because there's just a really great story here to tell. All right, man. Right on. Uh, Ish, have you ever heard of this or no? 
I've heard of Ex Machina. I've never read it. Oh. Like I, I had no idea what it was about. Honestly, if you had, I probably thought it was about androids. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, well, I, I think I just know. think about the movie that came out, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I'll, just, yeah. I'll just do that. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ish, what's your number two, bro? All right, for my number two, like Magic, say her name backwards and she appears, Zatanna. Zatanna. Nice. <laughs> All right, go ahead. It's, 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 she's I, high on your list. Yeah, it's, I have just always loved that character. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I think it may come back to the fact that, you know, when I started reading comics way back in the, you know, 1980s, um, she was part of the Justice League. She was part of what they called the satellite era of, of the Justice League back then. And there was just something about her, the costume, her, her costume back then, it was kind of weird. It was like, she was wearing a bathing suit, but it had long sleeves. And then she had this little weird headdress thing. And, you know, she says magic, she does magic, but has to say everything backwards. But the reality is that that's not really the power. She's just an all powerful sorceress who uses the backwards incantation thing to focus her energies so that she's really just, you know, whittling it through, not just willy nilly. She, the only thing about Zatanna that I would say might be a downside is that I don't think there's ever been like a definitive Zatanna story or a definitive Zatanna arc, aside from the fact that she mind wiped. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, uh, Dr. Light. Dr. Light. And Identity Crisis. Yeah. But I choose to overlook that because to me, that seems very out of character for Z. So I, you know, it's like you're on you know, a nickname basis, are you? Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> she, she does. She does perform magic in San Francisco. So when I'm not getting superpowers in a trolley, I. <laughs> when you're not avoiding herpes, you are going to exactly. you are going to magic clubs. Uh, and that's a full time job in and of itself. I I, <laughs> I I love Zatanna, man. I you know again my my introduction to her was uh, either Superman or the Justice League animated series. Um, that was my yeah. introduction to her. Uh, then you start uh, I started reading the comics uh, and just in the few she was in the uh, Justice League Dark uh, or Dark Justice yeah. League, whichever one it was, however you Justice phrase League it. Justice League Dark, Justice yeah. League Dark. Um, and and it's that's a great story arc too. Which oh. that's what that's why I. I like that's why I made her my pick because uh, look I was gonna go uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later but I was gonna go with another pick but I was like this I think would be a great catalyst to the, the Justice League Justice League Dark Universe right yep. like we have her uh, we you know there's other characters bring back the guy from the Constantine TV show too yeah yes. yeah yeah well he's in he's in he's in um. Legends. Legends, yeah. uh, legends. So he, he's still he's still around. He's great, um, but I I just love uh, this character because I I love the fact that she again uh, she's magical. So as far as cinematically, we don't have anybody in the DC universe cinematically live action that has introduced magic the way Doctor Strange has introduced magic to uh, the the Marvel universe. Uh, so I think she would be a perfect candidate to introduce magic. And then once you introduce magic into a universe, anything is possible at that point. Like it's just yeah. fucking no. I right. mean, anything is possible. Um, so uh, well, you, you did you did introduce magic with uh, Shazam. You're right. You're right. That that but is it's, true. But it's a very but it's a but that's a very specific. Yeah. That's yeah, all yeah. mythological as opposed to magic. It, because you know it's the it's Solomon, her, uh, and, oh my God, Hermes. You know, like so, it's it's more tied to mythology than magic proper. I get right? that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you bring in Zatanna, 
it's more about the you know cantations and spells yeah cantations and spells and yeah 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 i i i'm, but, I'm with you man i think it's great i i would i would love to see uh her in a movie i would love to see her her own movie like and i love the uh the fact that you know her dad's this whole thing is I, I think there's a lot to be unraveled and i think we it would be great uh to see that in the movie i would love uh that introduction um to her and and to the dark justice league uh so yeah know. yeah absolutely just the dark yeah and she, she's definitely she's a good entry-level street-level character there you go. a sorceress she's not mystical and blah blah like you know she's not sorcerer supreme (laughs) she's just a magician in vegas or wherever you know like that's how she she has a job she's so it's a little more palatable i think to people that if she just shows up as like this exotic person from the other realm and blah 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 like no she's just like yeah i was just grabbing a burger and now i'm you know, off to save the universe. Yeah, and she, well, face it, she's generally just so hot. And I was gonna say Damn she right. she wears fishnet stockings. Fishnet. I mean, who the fuck doesn't <laughs> want to see fishnet stockings for two hours in a film? It, Team her up with Black Canary. Just call it Fishnets of Justice. Oh, oh. <laughs> sign uh, me up. Oh man, <laughs> uh, back on uh, Serinda Swan played her back on Smallville. Oh my. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so, uh, Zantana, uh, fantastic. Zatanna. Zatanna, I'm sorry. Um, all right, so my number two is a pick that I know David hates. Like, I know David hates this pick. And he knows that I fucking love this pick. Um, and quite frankly, I, I, I mean, I've never had many conversations with people about this character before, aside from David. So I don't know whether I'm, I'm in a minority or he's in a minority. Um, David, do you know who it is? No, I don't. Um, but uh, I will say uh, that um, I would love to see this character. I love the way it was written. Uh, I love the way it was it was um, it was drawn throughout the series. Um, but I, my number two is Damian Wayne. Uh, oh, I love Damian. Dude, I love this pick. I'm I glad. love this pick so much. Ish, I love Ish, are you celebrating because you you like the pick, or you're celebrating because you're laughing at David's I'm, reaction? I'm celebrating David's reaction. <laughs> just like, 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 fuck this. Sir. Yeah, he he really. We we've talked about it before. We've talked about like which who's your favorite uh, Robins, and we've gone through the whole list or whatever. And he ref- there's one there was one conversation I had with David where he refused to put Damien da- for the listener. Damian Wayne is. Uh, uh, the current is he current right I'm, I'm not up to date right now yeah. but yeah. he was the current as far as new 52 he was the current robin and um he is actually uh bruce wayne's son uh genetically modified or right? it was some weird shit where it was him and um uh talia al ghul talia al ghuls yep. and then there was some other shit that happened i don't know what the fuck genetically i don't know what the fuck test two baby i don't know what it was a weird thing lazarus pit lazarus, lazarus pits and all this boy. shit there and yeah. he was he was actually created to be an assassin he was actually an assassin in the league of assassins the league of shadows and he was a badass and then when batman quote-unquote died didn't die he went off to some fucking he was missing he went missing into some uh, other land and missing they, in time that was a thing. He was a cowboy at one point. Right. And Dick Grayson. Caveman. Caveman first. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh, well, he's always a caveman if you think about him. Uh, and so, but <laughs> Dick Grayson picked up the mantle of Batman. 
and then uh, Damian Wayne came to be his Robin, which it played perfect because it it was the exact opposite. It was now now Robin was this uh, now Batman was this light you know hearted you know fun jo- cracking jokes kind of character, and Robin was this fucking brooding little prick. And he was like, bleh, bleh, and it was just and it worked fucking perfectly together. And then when Bat when Bruce Wayne came back, I thought it worked great, man. I I, I enjoyed I heavily enjoyed. Uh, the new 52 for many reasons but one of them being Damian Wayne as a Robin he is my favorite Robin um I think uh there are better Robins maybe you could make that argument because they have such a huge history and a longer history but I just really enjoy Damian Wayne kicking ass taking names little fucking 13 year old little kid just kicking ass and taking names I thought it was fucking great so uh, while I'm intrigued by the pick do you think that there could just be a Damian Wayne movie or do you just want a Batman movie with Damian Wayne no, as his rock? I want the, I want that storyline. I want the storyline of his birth. Batman goes missing. So we have to pick, and I want Damian Wayne. I want it. I want that Damian Wayne movie. I want okay. that. That's, okay. that's actually the movie that I want. Uh, now, I was gonna say, I think a Super Sons movie could be fun. Yes. See, now, Super, yes. Super Sons, I think, would be a good way to introduce Damien. I think that that would definitely be the route. Now, here's the thing. I have never read a Super Sons comic. I have. I follow the artist that does uh, Super Sons because he's done Superman. He's done a bunch of... Uh, he's a young dude, man. I forget his name already. Uh, I, again, I'm not like... You guys have all these writers' names. Like, fuck it. But I follow him on Instagram, <laughs> and he's super fucking fit, which is unfair. You're a fucking artist. You're a, car- you're a comic book artist. You're supposed to be fat and lazy like me. Uh, and then he's super fit, but um, he's always posting all the covers that he does for Super Sons. And I'm always in love with the art. I'm just like, fuck, this is so amazing. But I have yet to pick up a book. But it's, you know, from from what he writes on his Instagram post, it, it, it seems like a great fucking uh, story. So I, I'm down with that, too. But I love Damien, man. I love uh, Damien Wayne. I, I will say this, that I think we would get a really interesting Batman movie if we went with his second unofficial introduction in DC Comics history, which is Batman number 666, which flashes forward uh, like 30 years after Bruce Wayne's death and Damian Wayne is Batman. And he is essentially a deranged Batman that has booby-trapped all of Gotham City to stop crime as it happens simultaneously across the city. And he takes on this sort of demonic Batman role. Uh, and, and the, the cover is so iconic with him in, in this sort of like overcoat instead of a cape. And, and you see the whole city of Gotham in flames. It's burning behind him, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, such, it's such a great cover. And this is, is from... Is there a PT um, Cruiser anywhere nearby? um i think i think it would be really cool to give us a sort of like elseworlds style film where where we get to see damien be full damien yeah you know where where he is batman like he's not tempered by by bruce or, or or dick's sort of like you know hey listen reel it back buddy you know sheath that katana 
and let's uh, let's that's think a, about this. And that's another that's another thing that I love about their. Which yes, I agree to your not to cut off your story. I think that's a, that that'd be a cool story, a cool movie. But uh, I love that in the comics. I love reading where batman is like hey simmer down a bit like you know what i mean when you get batman <laughs> when you get batman to be like fucking calm down here's a puppy have a fucking make a have a fucking coconut smile shit i love that when you have fucking brooding bruce wayne telling you you need to simmer down a little bit i think i fucking love that i love the dynamic i love the fact that he has taught they're going they're teaching each other like he's he, he he's trying to teach uh um Bruce to be more militant and Bruce is like calm the fuck down and like I love that he's trying to teach him how to <laughs> Bruce is trying to teach him how to be more of a kid and I love that right. I love that whole fucking aspect they've man. done they've done a really great job with Damien in the animated universe like with Batman versus Robin and some of those things yes. that they've introduced Damien yes. in the animated universe they've done an yeah. incredible job with him the animated universe stuff actually turned me on to Damien more so than the comic book stuff I'll agree to that as well. <laughs> I love any pick that make that lets that 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 limits Dave's re- re- response to be like, sure. I <laughs> I, I too will agree with that. <laughs> Why not? Um, all right, so that's my number two is uh, Damien and hold on, Damien uh, Wayne. So we have for number twos we have uh, Black Beetle the Dark Horse version, we have uh, Mitchell Hundred, right? Is that correct? Yeah, right. Mitchell Hundred, that's his name. Uh, Zatanna and Damian Wayne. Uh, all right, let's go to our honorable I, mentions. What do you got for honorable mentions? I have the honor. I have the honorable mentions pulled up. If uh, sure. you want me to read those first, have at it. Uh, Will Wa- Will Watkins says Namor the Question, Savage Dragon, and Isaiah Bradley. Uh, some really good picks there. Quite possibly my favorite picks of, of the honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. What was that? Ish. I, w- I wonder which version of the question he meant. Was was That's Stephanie true. Brown the question at one point? No, Renee Montoya. Ren- uh, Stephanie Brown was a spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Okay, yeah. there we go. Uh, Alex Suarez uh, or Swarley, as it were, uh, says uh, he has. Number one, Dick Grayson, Nightwing. Number two, Terry McGinnis, uh, Batman Beyond with Keaton as Bruce. Uh, you went and gasped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Green Lantern. He says either Hal Jordan or John Stewart solo or Lantern Corps. And we've already gotten a Hal Jordan movie, so we would have to move forward then with the best Green Lantern, John Stewart. I, uh, and and, and, and to mention, he said, "Oh, the Green Lantern Corps, and uh, you know this as of the time of this recording, it is very close to being confirmed, not yet confirmed." And we typically in the podcast don't deal with rumors; we like to deal with certainties. But right. there's the rumor that the Snyder Cut is going to be made and released, and that would include the Green Lantern Corps. So that's the rumor. As of, as of the time of this recording, I'm sure by the time this comes out in four weeks, they're like, yeah, well, that's been confirmed for a month. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, fuck you. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a few ahead. Uh, just, go ahead. Just give me Dig from the Green Arrow show as Jon Stewart, by the oh, way. It's fucking mm, good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he has his uh, number four, the Teen Titans, the Dick Grayson Robin era, or Young Justice, Tim Drake Robin era. Honorable mentions to Batgirl, Green Arrow, uh, and Black Canary together. 
uh, Silver Surfer and Wally West Kid Flash or The Flash. I really considered putting Wally West on this list, uh, but I thought it would be a cop out because The Flash, even if it was Barry Allen, had already been in the Justice League movie. Uh, we have Jim Frederick, who uh, posted uh, number four, Demon. Number three, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. That's a great team. I love that. Number two, Dead. Yeah. Number two, Dead Man, and number one, Animal Man, which is a fantastic pick. Uh, And New Fifty Two, Animal Man was, uh, uh, yeah, just amazing. I think it's more TV series than film. I agree. I agree. Um, And then Mike Mercadal has got Spectre, Nova, Moon Knight, and Darkhawk. Okay. Moon Knight. That's another TV show. Mm. Moon Knight was a uh, which one? No, I'm saying I'm saying that's what I want. Is I want a Moon right. Knight show. Yeah, I, I've never read a Moon Knight comic, but everybody who talks to me about Moon Knight always describes him the the the, the same way. They always say, "Oh, he's DC's version. He's uh, Marvel's version of Batman." I'm like, then why why the fuck do I want that? Just until recently, when they made him, when they were just like, maybe he's insane and this is all happening in his head, and then it got even better. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I also like the couple. There's a couple uh, uh, clips, and I don't know if these are true, if these are real, because the internet is so fucking good. Uh, they have what seems to be um, snippets of old comic strips of Moonlight uh, having arguments with Dracula that Dracula owes him money, and I think that's the funniest <laughs> shit on fucking earth. And again, I don't know because I've never read the comics. They're, they're both Marvel yeah. properties to an extent, so. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it could be something that. Happens. So I've I've seen a, a few of those clips and like a few of those uh, images on the internet. And again, I don't know how true they are, but it's one of them is just him walking down walking down a, a, a steps, and he's like, "Dracula, where are you, you motherfucker?" And it's like the little things bleeped out, and he was like, "Where are you, motherfucker? Give me my money. You owe me money. I want my money." And I'm like, "This is the fucking be- goddamn. This is hilarious. I want this shit." <laughs> there was another time where he caught like I swear to God, there's another clip where he's uh, that that. Come out, you nerd! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's he's uh, he calls he call he's he's at the Avengers Tower and he's looking for fucking Dracula and they're like, what? What is this? What the fuck? Who are you? And he's like, I'm looking for I'm looking for Dracula. Is he here? He fucking told me he's here. He told me he has my money. And they're like, he's not even an Avenger. What are you fucking talking about? Get out of here! And they kick him out of Avenger Tower just because he's looking for fucking Dracula to pay him his money. Which again, <laughs> no idea how fucking true those 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 clips are, but fuck, that's hilarious. So. Oh my god, I just found this. This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, Dracula wait, Dracula isn't an Avenger? That lying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so good. All right. So so go ahead. What else? Anybody else? Uh well yeah, we, we haven't given our own. Um, um, no, I meant anybody else my, on the Facebook, but all right, cool, yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. No, that's it. Okay, uh, Dave, what are your uh, honorable mentions? My honorable mentions are um, here. I, I had a nice mix of, of DC and, uh, and Marvel, uh, but we just talked about Moon Knight, so I'll take him out. So it's just DC. Uh, Adam Strange, who uh, who I think would be a, a great uh, like sci-fi uh, pulp, you know, uh, sort of almost like a John Carter of Mars feel. Um, yeah, uh, Orion from the New Gods. In fact, oh. we can bring all the New Gods in. All the New Gods. Uh, they they brought Steppenwolf in and they teased uh, Darkseid in Justice League, but uh, but Orion really is the star of of that series. Teach these damn kids who Jack Kirby is. 
Hell yes. And we'll get more of that in a second. Uh, a live action Kirby crackle. I think I would just my pants. Oh, <laughs> I, I just did thinking about it. Uh, it's the quietest, Ranger, e- quietest ejaculation is, uh, ever. <laughs> just, just like, yeah. Just, oh, I'm coming right now. No, it's happening right now. It's happening. What? Jeez. <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they come in NPR. all right uh phantom stranger is uh is another great uh part of that like uh like mystical uh magical side of dc comics that uh that could really be explored and uh and then the one that nova edged out just like by by a hair uh commandy who is another Jack Kirby hero. Uh, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's, it's very much planet of the apes, but, uh, explored to the nth degree where it's not just apes, but it's, it's so much more. And commandy himself is, is such, uh, such a, uh, like an incredible hero. He's a, he's a teenage boy live, uh, who's, who's somehow survived, you know, all of these thousands of years, uh, of of nuclear fallout, and, and he's he comes out of a bunker, uh, you know, thousands of years after this war, and he's like, oh, so this is the world, you know, and then he just tries to survive in this world that is filled with all of the the crazy trappings that that Jack Kirby could think of and throw into one place. Um, I mean, obviously, the the amazing stuff that he did at Marvel Comics will never be rivaled, but I think that. If you want to know what Jack Kirby was really about, you read his DC stuff, yeah. where he was where he was given like free reign to do anything and everything, and no one stopped him. And they were just like, "Yeah, man, do your thing." And it was because of that that he came back and had what I think is his best run of Captain America on uh, in, in Marvel Comics. So, uh, so yeah, Commandy, man, that was like if there could be a four A and a four B, it would have been Nova and Commandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Debono, honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, just a couple of them. Uh, one, since I think this one only didn't make the cut because I didn't go teams, but the Invisibles by Grant Morrison, uh, I think would be an incredible movie. Again, hard R, um, but uh, very, very good. Uh, one that I'm sure Dave would like to argue with me about, but we're not going to do right now. I want a damn Kyle Rayner movie. I do. I love I Kyle Rayner. I like Kyle. The, the, the evolution of Kyle Rayner was an absolutely incredible just run from beginning to end. Um, Hercules, I think, could be oh. uh, a lot of fun to add to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, but there's been Hercules movies already. Not Marvel's Hercules. Oh, there's Hercules in New York? There's Hercules... <laughs> <laughs> That one was good. <laughs> um, and uh, one that actually I thought of um, just at the very beginning when uh, David was talking about uh, Richard Ryder, but uh, Rom the Space Knight. Oh, so much. Yes. Um, I didn't even remember this until right now. Uh, Rom, Rom Space Knight could be a lot of fun, especially if introduced in like a Richard Ryder movie. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Rom in there. Great, great honorable mention. <laughs> right. uh, Ish, what do you got honorable mentions? Uh, I only got two honorable mentions because quite frankly, I kind of forgot about the honorable mentions until like <laughs> 10 minutes before we were, we were logging on. So uh, I'm going to echo one of the sentiments on the Facebook, which is uh, a blue and gold movie, Booster Gold. Yeah. Yep. Yes. 
I love that dynamic. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's buddy cops with superpowers. You know, <laughs> it, it's a cop movie with superpowers. And, you can and a billion dollars. <laughs> billion dollars. <laughs> Best thing ever. But you can even expand upon it. You know, eventually, like, maybe introduce some of the, the other, the lesser league heroes, right? You know, you can introduce, you know, Fire, Ice, uh, Elongated Man, and just kind of have these heroes who have to kind of exist almost on call because like when Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, everybody's off planet and stuff happens, you know what? These are the guys who got to step up. Call the so bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> it could be an interesting, you know, approach to that. And another one that I thought of was, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Power Pack. No. So Power Pack is, it's from the eight, I think it's late seventies, early eighties. It's about four siblings. I think the oldest one is like 12. Through a series of events, they get superpowers. And so there's like it's basically a family of uh, it's four kids and the two parents. The kids are superheroes, but they keep their powers hidden from their parents. So they go off and they have all these adventures. I think at one point they even go to Asgard. They are best friends with Franklin Richards, who's the son of Reed Richards and, and, and Sue from the Fantastic Four. And so they're kind of steeped in the Marvel Universe but they exist in this little kid-friendly corner. And so it would be a great a great gateway drug, if you will, to you know, <laughs> kind of present this, this wish-fulfillment element of superheroics, which is really the reason sidekicks were even created in the first place. And, you know, it, it's a family film, and it's, and it's fun, and it could be cutesy, and, and still even be connected to the Marvel Universe, but in a very different way. You just described so. PJ Masks. But that's I'm alright with it. I'm 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 super fucking down with it as a parent. No, we I'm watch a lot of PJ Masks. Like someone who doesn't have kids, I'm not familiar with PJ Masks. So. Yeah, PJ Masks, dude. Oh. Look it up. You love that shit. That shit is in. Dude, it's so great. It is. Great. It's we fun. watch so much. PJ it's so Masks. great. I, I have kids that I have two kids. I have one that's eight and five. So they've been into PJ Masks for a different parts of their lives. So when the eight year old, when the show first started, it might now eight year old was probably around four or five at that age. And uh, wow. so she grew out of it just in time for my son to now get into it. I'm like, all right, let's keep fucking watching. Let's keep doing this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's great. My honorable. Ninjalitos. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so great. <laughs> Ninjalinos. Uh, my honorable mentions are uh, uh, from the Green Lantern Corps, Chip. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the squirrel. <laughs> yeah, the squirrel. I'm gonna go fuck the squirrel. Uh, from I'll put that. I'll put that cat from the Red Lanterns too. I, that's me. From, uh, from the uh, from uh, Justice League. <laughs> from Justice League Dark, we have uh, Detective Chimp, and uh, and then <laughs> and then Squirrel Girl. Uh, so I want them all. Oh in a fucking... God, I was so hoping we'd make it through this whole episode. No, of course not. I'm totally fucking kidding. She's awful. Listen, uh, and God. then uh, my fourth honorable mention is Arm Fall Off Boy because you know, <laughs> I have to have Arm Fall Off Boy in there. Uh, that's no, it. I, I seriously, I seriously went into this episode and I was like, I will be so happy if we can make this whole thing without anybody. No, missing. she's awful. Hey, we don't, don't got to keep talking about it. Just keep moving. She's okay. awful. She's awful. Uh, that was a complete joke. And I, I'm more interested in talking about the dude that was uh, uh with a fucking saxophone <laughs> getting <laughs> getting power <laughs> from the fucking saxophone. All right, uh, number one. Round one. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. Do it. Do it. Come on. Come on. All right. Number one. Uh, let's go have at it. Uh, David, what do we got for number one, man? 
Uh, my number one is one that you will all know. So uh, I guess uh, there's there's that positivity to it. Uh, is this off? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm, I'm guessing that it might oh. be my number one, too. OK, so uh, this is a character that I have loved for a long time uh, because one of the very first comic books that I ever read featured a team up with him and Batman and it's dead man. Uh, not my number one, but I do wow. love Batman. You want Boston Brand, okay. Boston Brand. I have been a Deadman fan since as far back as I can remember. And uh, his his story is sad. His story is uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, it's because there's there's so much philosophy and theology that goes into it uh, but it, it's also one of these stories that uh dc has decided to tell um in in spurts because you got like like a like a great amount of of, of dead man stories early on in, in the late 60s and the early 70s with uh uh with the the, the neil adams stuff and then there was nothing for a long time and then he kind of came back a little bit in the 80s and then he went away again and he kind of came back a little bit in the 90s which is when i started reading him and and then he went away again and and he's just he's this hero who um he's so alone did, like you, did utterly... you see did you see the justice league dark movie the animated movie so i i haven't seen it oh, yet it's, okay. a, it's in the family share bro i is it okay? I, I read the story arc uh, that it was based on, and and, and oh, that's gonna be better. That's gonna be them. better. But my point is, you should still watch the movie. <laughs> hey. I know, I, I know, I know, I should. Yeah, yeah. I know, I should. But the whole reason why I picked up Justice League Dark in the first place was because he was in it, and I'm a huge Swamp Thing fan, and Swamp Thing was on the cover as well. But what immediately caught my eye was. Dead man. I didn't I know like, who Deadman oh, was until fuck, dead until I didn't know who Deadman was until the until the the animated movie where I was like, oh okay, because I I, I mean he's been in a couple of Justice League Dark uh dark, um the the comics, but not like he wasn't. I I mean I again I've only known him. I've only started reading from the New Fifty Two, but uh right. in the movie he was he's fantastic. He so, is, and and that's um if they portray him the way that he is in the comics, that's very true to who he is. Uh, what I love about Dead Man, though, is that if you go back to the um, the, the pre-Crisis days and, and, and immediately following Crisis on Infinite Earths, his is a story that does not change with Crisis on Infinite Earths. So his story is exactly the same. He starts off as, as, a, as a trapeze artist who, uh, who is murdered it, during an act. Right, and it tells you on the very first cover yep. of, of of his uh, Strange Tales number one hundred three or one hundred five, something like that, and it says uh, this this man was just murdered. That one right there, yeah. <laughs> um, and the whole the whole next maybe you know twenty thirty issues is him trying to figure out what happened to him. He's brought back to life by Ramakrishna, right? And so he, he gives, uh, which is a, a Hindu goddess, and he gives, he basically devotes his whole life, uh, afterlife, as it were, to her, right? Uh, but at a certain point, he starts to feel lost, 
where he feels like she's abandoned him. He can't interact with anyone as Boston Brand. He can only interact with them by taking possession of someone else's body. And so eventually, like, he grows tired of that, right? He starts just, you know, fucking around with people for a while. But he, he what you get is eventually a, a dead man that is so alone but cannot die that he can't even take his own life, right? So he's so broken when my favorite dead man story arc takes place where uh, he goes back to the circus somehow, uh, ends up back at the circus that he, he initially died and finds another ghost who can see him. And they develop this, this loving relationship until you realize that it's all a ruse and that she's using him Son of a to bitch. gain access to the material world. And it's, 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 he got catfished. A, he got catfished. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> catfished. It, it, it's such a, it's such a sad story. And then when, when he finally meets up with Batman, which is where I first read him, he's, he's like totally broken. And, uh, Batman has to kind of work him back to, uh, to reality. You know, uh, it, <laughs> I love it, any it is, character that Batman has to be like, hey, man, why don't you snap out of it? Come on. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <being a bitch." laughs> Batman is the voice of reason. Yeah. yeah. And when Batman has to be like, hey, stop being a bitch. Come on. Stop. <laughs> Pick your like, shit up. No, Pick, no. Pick it up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dead Man is, is amazing. He's he's awesome. Uh, like he he would make my my mountain of DC superheroes like there's uh, there's Dick Grayson. There's there's Wally West and then there's Boston Brand for me. It's it's such it's such a great pick and and I do I love Dead Man. I but I don't know enough about Dead Man outside of just knowing him from other things. You yeah, know, I know him yeah, from yeah. Justice League Dark. Yeah. I know him from his amazing role in Blackest, Blackest Night. Day. Yeah, Blackest yeah. Night, yeah. His his amazing role in Blackest Night and actually taking control of Etrigan at one point and I mean emerging as a white lantern like that's his role in, in uh Brightest Day and Blackest Night is exactly what his entire story is because he is powerless against the Black Lanterns turning his physical body into yes. a Black Lantern. And he has to sit there and watch like, that's not me. I'm me, you know, but he, he can't tell anyone this, you know, it, it's, uh, it's such a, it's such a powerful story. Yeah, he was, it was, it was incredible. All right. That's great, man. Uh, Daniel, what, what do you got for number one? Um, well, I went, when he started to say something about Batman, I thought that we might have the same number one. Um, just from talking with you guys, I thought this one might pop up to somebody else's, on somebody else's list. But not, my number one, the one I immediately knew was going to be on this list is Dick Grayson Nightwing. My number uh, one as well. Hell yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I, I think that... I think that Nightwing is a character that a lot of people know and a lot of people love. I think that there are far too many amazing Nightwing storylines out there. Uh, I think that too often people don't think of Nightwing as being a Batman level superhero as evidenced by the fact that, yeah, when he died, they're like, oh, we should, you know, obviously Dick Grayson should be the new Batman. No, he really shouldn't. It should have been Jason Todd. That's a whole other thing. But uh, Nightwing is just absolutely incredible there's an amazing story there to tell you don't have to do a ton of backstory because everybody's familiar with dick grayson yep. and you just you create this story of 
this boy trained by or this man trained by Batman and he goes out and finds his own city to protect and then does it and does it amazingly does it with all the skill and technique of Batman without any of the, you know, psychopathy and, and things that go to you. Yeah. Just, just you, there, there's so many great things to do there. You introduce a new town. Uh, you, you, you know, there's the, the great element of the fact that he becomes a bartender because he's just trying to be a street level guy and he wants to know what's going on and being a bartender. That's how you find that out. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I just, there's Nightwing will forever be my favorite DC character. Um, uh, Dick Grayson, I think is a great Robin. He's not my favorite Robin, but as Nightwing, um, Dick Grayson is just perfect. There's an amazing story to tell here. There's the, I mean, there's the, there's the stuff with him and Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Uh, there's, there's just so much amazing material here that, that lends itself. We know that a Batman, we know that Batman movies work. So now you just step outside of that box. You create a new Batman franchise, but without Batman and you make it with Nightwing and you can tell the stories in a very different way because Dick Grayson is a sane person. So <laughs> you can tell those, you can tell those stories of guy who's just become the best at what he does and has a bankroll without the, you know, the grumbly voice and just the absolute insanity that goes with being obsessed with bats and terrifying people and things like that. Uh, it, there's, it's, Dick Nightwing is the best Batman. Not at, not, and I'm not saying Correct. Dick Grayson as Batman. I'm saying Nightwing is the the ultimate version of Batman. So I think that this is the story that DC needs to find a way. But to but he's also the best Batman. He's also the best <laughs> Batman. Uh, Batman yeah. is also out of all the out of all the superheroes. Batman's the only superhero who doesn't have his city in check. Every other superhero has their yeah. fucking city what? in check. You and know? that's and yeah. that's the truth. When when in the comics, when Nightwing went back to be Batman, it was because like there's no crime in Blue Haven anymore. Because I'm good at my job. <laughs> yeah. Hey Bruce, maybe you want to change your fucking techniques up a bit, huh? Maybe you want to fucking just Seriously, take a course, take a fucking for. listen to a TED talk for God's sake. Right. Something. But, Holy uh, shit. Now, the the one reason I have an issue with Dick Grayson becoming Batman is the same reason that I never really wanted Sam Wilson to become Captain America because I didn't like this idea that Black. Nightwing and Falcon are <laughs> second tier superheroes. And it's an upgrade to become Batman or to become Captain America. And I don't think that going from being Nightwing to being Batman is, is an upgrade. I think you should have, I honestly think you should have just gone to Gotham and then protected it as Nightwing. Um, or like I said, you make Jason Todd Batman. But anyway, that's, that's, well, that's it, not what we're it, talking it, about. I, I, I will say this, though, is that your, your, your thought on that is not wrong, but Remember that the people of Gotham don't know. Yeah, I, Batman, I, the Batman is dead. Well, and, and so like so, a, someone has to carry that mantle for right. for the villains to continue, uh, you know, res- respecting the symbol of Batman. Right, which is why it should have been Jason Todd, they, and it could have. But they don't it, respect the symbol of Batman. The fucking and there's a redemption story. Oh, I'm, I'm there's a redemption yeah. story there, and you're not down. It it doesn't seem like you're. You know, like you're throwing shade at Nightwing. But anyway, it's issues number one, two, and I'll let him know. Ish. <laughs> Hit me. Nightwing. Talk to me. Nightwing. Listen. 
I have dressed up as Nightwing for Halloween. I have a Nightwing tattoo right here. Nice. I Dick Grayson is my all-time favorite superhero. I have a tattoo of the word Grayson on my dick, which, I mean, only certain people <laughs> will get what that means, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you should get that tattoo, actually. That. <laughs> it, it, Grayson would not fit. It was just a G. It was just a G. But we know what that means. We know what that stands for. <laughs> We're in the know. We're in the know. But um, no, I mean, since I have like memory of life, like my favorite superhero has always been Dick Grayson. Started off as Robin, and you know, and, and it's also because my favorite. I think my favorite team being the Titans, the new Teen Titans from way back Wolfman Perez era. I followed that trajectory of the Dick Grayson character. So it's also I think that's another reason why it could work because this is a character who in this suspended time of comic books and superheroes, this is a character who's actually allowed to grow. You know, it's not somebody who is like, okay, I'm Batman. I've been Batman for the last 90 years and I'm going to be for the next 90 years. Like this is somebody who theoretically you saw learn and, and to, to to Dan's point, you know, look at what, what Bruce was and say, okay, that doesn't work for me. You know, it's almost like, I mean, really, it's a father and son relationship at the end of the day where it's like, oh, yeah, you look toward him for for the role model, but you also pick and choose what you, you know, what you what you emulate as you grow older. And also, we just need more superheroes who are, quite frankly, very well known for having the best ass in the DC comics. Exactly. Legit. I mean, you brought up you brought up Midnighter. In one of the Grayson comic books, when he was briefly a, a spy for Spiral, there's literally a panel where Midnight her Midnight Midnighter, not Midnight her Midnighter recognizes, knows that it's Grayson even when he's in disguise because he saw him earlier and he recognized him by his ass, like right. a gay man would. <laughs> so that was early know, on. That was like issue two or something. Yeah, like issue two or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know that needs to be on the silver screen, frankly. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, I know, love, it, and I love that they've even referenced that in like the Teen Titans Go cartoon. Oh yeah, when, uh, uh, when Starfire's sister showed up, and like that's all she cared about. Robin was <laughs> his butt. It's like, um, yeah, that, I, it's it's always very well drawn. It is. It's the one thing everybody can agree on. There's uh, there's only one reason why Dick Grayson isn't my number one as well because the first person I thought of was Dick Grayson. Uh, and it's because I, I put that that rule on myself where the character could not have appeared in a movie, uh, in, in another live action feature film. Uh, and and it's it, I, I kind of hated to put that rule on myself because it took Dick Grayson out of the equation, but it also took so many other heroes out of the equation that helped me narrow this down. Right. Because otherwise, you know, I, I you know could have been Colossus, it could have been Beast, you know, it could have been all the fucking X Men, you know, just give them their own movie. You know, except uh, but other, uh, yeah, except Wolverine. Uh, but you know, <laughs> give me, give me a Dick Grayson movie all day, every day. You uh, know? And don't, don't give me the origin. Just fucking drop me in a so random, cute. random Tuesday in Bloodhaven, yeah. and, and I'm I'm there. I'm there for the ride. And um, if you've never seen it on YouTube, there is it's like five or six episodes. It's a fan made Nightwing series that's absolutely incredible um it's a guy that uh back when we did back when we did what's good we used to we used to try to reach out to to get him to be on the show all the time his youtube name is isma hawk isma hawk but um it's just it's absolutely incredible like i said they did one season it never came back production values through the roof 
got to check it out. It'll take you like an hour to watch them all. That's all good. right. Sounds good to me. Uh, all right. So my number one, uh, just a quick backstory. I was going to pick Batman Beyond as a as one of my picks. He was going to okay. be either number four or number three. Uh, and the reason I did not is because I realized if I would have done that, there would have been four picks that were all from the Batman universe. And I can't fucking have that. Because my number three uh, was uh, uh, Damian Wayne. Uh, and it would have been Batman Be- it would have been Batman Beyond. And then my number one is still my number one is Batgirl. Uh, I need a fucking Batgirl movie. That's the like I was excited when they had uh what's his name uh tied to writing the movie, directing the movie. Oh Whedon. Whedon. Yeah. Uh and then he dropped out of the project, uh, which made me sad. Uh, which is uh, a lot for a long time. For a while there, it's all what DC gave me was sadness uh, with their films. Uh, not with their films, just with their politics of their film, to be honest with you. I I, 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 I you know, I, I know I'm in a minority for, for the vast geekdom, but I like the DC movies for the most part, for a lot of the parts. Uh, I just don't like the drama that we all always hear about is the drama in behind the scenes of shit. It's like, oh, fucking it. Jesus, just get your shit together, guys. Uh, maybe don't so are fucking... You, are, you talking, are you talking like purple suit, yellow boots, Batgirl? Yes, like the, yes. The, the, no, the, it the has to be. It has to be, yeah. yeah. It has to be purple suit, yellow boots. Uh, boots to <laughs> boots on the ground, boots on asses. Boots to asses, as The Rock would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I fucking love, I love uh, the bad girl. I love uh, her shit. Um, I know uh, Dave has told me before that he likes Barbara Gordon better as Oracle than he does as Batgirl. I do. That, uh, that's my that's Oracle. my only issue is uh, and and I know that a lot of that has to do with when I was introduced to Barbara Gordon she was already Oracle so so for me Barbara Gordon uh, is Oracle you know uh, as far as comic books go because I had seen obviously the the Batman sixty six show you know right. uh, but that's not really Barbara Gordon right you know that's uh well, that's, that, that's like that's a satirical barbara gordon to say to to that's uh the real to, barbara gordon, she was created for the show that's true <laughs> what's that that is actually the real barbara gordon because that girl was created for the sh- uh for the show oh was she really yeah ah well interesting I, well, right? I, so never mind <laughs> but what i would Turns say out the one i like is a parody <laughs> <laughs> to, to piggyback of what you said dave i'm totally in agreement with you the reason why i like uh back uh, barbara gordon as batgirl as purple suit yellow boots is because again the new 52 for me was the first time and for the li- i've said this before in previous episodes years ago but for to the listener i've been a comic book fan all, all my life but I, i've been broke all my life I've been poor my entire life and it wasn't until the new 52 that came out that i was able to a afford to buy whenever i wanted to buy a comic but b i had an ipad and it was like perfect it was almost like it was comics were made for ipads because it was this thing where i didn't have to worry about storage and i didn't have to worry about where to put it and i didn't and and it came out in a time where i was still living at home with my mom because i was only 28 fuck you and uh it, it was this <laughs> it was this thing with new 52 for me i really connected with the new 52 for a multiple of reasons all of which were just happenstance it just happened to be that i was 
was at a certain age where I had a job of my own and I could afford my own comic books and I didn't have to depend on my mom who was poor as fuck to come up with, with money to throw away on comics. And that's how she would say it, to throw away on comics. Um, so New 52 uh, Batgirl is what I want. That's like that that whole fucking storyline, that whole thing is is uh, is fantastic. The way the way that they redid uh, Barbara Gordon and Batgirl for New Fifty Two was absolutely incredible, and it did make her a character who was much more than just a sidekick in the Bat family. She very much did come into her own at that time. That's the best Barbara. That's why as soon as you said it, I was like, okay, I know it's when he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an incredible fit. So that has to do with with them building off of the Oracle of it all. You know what I mean? The, the personalities, because they realize if we're going to do this, we need to keep that that same level-headedness, that same personality that people fell in love with. Because if we all of a sudden put her back into sidekick role, people were like, there would be you know riots in the street. So right. yeah, part of it too. Yeah, man. Uh, so that's my number one. So number ones, we had Dead Man, Nightwing, Nightwing, and Batgirl. Uh, so the repeats that we had were Nightwing and Zatanna, right? That's the only uh, Nightwing. I expected a Nightwing repeat. I did not expect a Zatanna. Rump. Like, gonna be honest with you, I expected I expected somebody else was gonna have Nightwing. I didn't think somebody else was gonna have Zatanna. The only reason, again, and not the only reason, but Zatanna almost didn't make my list only because of that. If it, it was either gonna be Nightwing in that category or Batman Beyond, and both those are Batman Universe, and I decided to yeah. go with. Zatanna, because I was like, you already have Batgirl and uh, Damian Wayne. I'm like, it's just fucking, you can't do all of this. So, <laughs> spread a little bit, uh, which I've heard before from dudes. Um, all right. So, um, what are the other picks do you think that should make the final mountain? Because we got Nightwing and we have Zatanna. So, what other picks do you guys think we should go with? I mean, well, I was going to recommend that we go with our number ones because uh, two of them are Nightwing. Uh, and then we can do Batgirl, Dead Man, and Zatanna. You can't, because that, be uh, that, that would be five picks. No, uh, that's four picks, sir. Nightwing, Batgirl, Nightwing, Z- Zatanna, Zatanna Dead, Man. Uh, Dead Man, and Batgirl. So obviously I'm holding up four fingers, so that means all four fingers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to fight for Lobo, but your logic makes sense. Um, so <laughs> Dead Man. And... So... Backer. As as you finalize the final mountain there, um, as of what the day that we're recording this, did you guys see that Ruby Rose just walked away from uh, yeah. Batwoman? As of today, oh, yeah. Oh, today, really? Yeah, today she just did that. Yeah, out. the news came yeah. out. Today. No great loss to the show. I have I, I I've I've only I've only seen like a couple episodes here and there. I'm not super emotionally attached. It just seems wild. I don't dislike the show. I just have zero attachment to her existence. Like Cassandra <laughs> Kane or Ruby Rose? Ruby Rose. Oh, okay. Ruby Rose. Like it's just like oh, Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose. Like she just looks like a pouty Justin Bieber with slightly bigger boobs. Like I don't. <laughs> like if like if, you know, if a lesbian was just like, oh, she's so hot, I'd be like, so you're straight. Because I mean, <laughs> and she's not a good actress. She's she's. You know, there she kind of gets the job done. What does that say about me that I'm quote unquote straight and I think she's hot? Does that mean 
Oh, shit. We'll I'm... talk about that off. Fuck. We'll talk about that on our trolley ride in San Francisco. Damn it, man. Um, I'm a hang up and listen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so that's our number ones, man. We have the final number ones. We have uh, Nightwings, Zatanna, Dead Man, and Batgirl. Uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Ish, uh, thank you for coming uh, coming back uh, to the show. Uh, make sure you check out Ish. Uh, I, he's uh, the co-host of the Better Let Me Tell You podcast that could be found on the Geek Bro Network. So go to geekbro.net. All of the Better Let Me Tell You uh, episodes are on there. I'm super jealous of all. Like you get these guests that I, I was like, oh. Oh, they do that shit. They do pocket. They do local pocket. What the <laughs> fuck, dude? Uh, yeah. So you got Guillermo from uh, from um, what they do in the yeah. shadows. What we do in the shadows. Yeah, he's fucking. Oh, nice. uh, uh, it's great, man. Um, fantastic. You have you have a lot of great uh, uh, guests on there. Uh, so go check that podcast out at geekbro.net. Check out Daniel DeBono's other podcast at uh, geekbro.net as well. It's called What You Got. Uh, Daniel, are you guys doing shit now? Are you guys? I know you've been. Yeah. Well, we're. We're trying to get it scheduled out right now. The bar is just reopened in Tuscaloosa and everybody's running uh, extra staff right now because of all the cleaning things we have to do. So getting our schedules to line up right now is a huge pain because one of us is always working. Yeah. All right. So take that out. And Dave, uh, thank you again. Obviously, this is your podcast. Thanks for coming because it's yours. <laughs> um, uh, check out my co- <laughs> check out my comedy at NarysScience.com or WhatWasHisName.com. At the time of this recording, I'm taking part of a national uh, roast battle, uh, but that will be long gone once this airs in a month and a half. So uh, thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you check out uh, geekbro.net. And that's how winning is done. Oh, that's how lists are made.